Heavenly Father, we do thank you. What a powerful name you have. Lord Jesus, we thank you that your name is so powerful. And we thank you for what it encompasses. And Lord, that every need, everything we have is in that name. And we just open our hearts to you this morning to receive from you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Can you dim the lights a fraction? <laughs> Thank you. It's quite hard sometimes you get up here and the lights are so powerful you can't see you guys. <laughs> Thanks everyone for being so sensitive this morning. I just felt everyone who's taken part is... It's just a, a great service, and that song, um, what a wonderful name of Jesus, just fits in exactly with what I want to share. Last Sunday, I preached on understanding Jesus and knowing Jesus and getting our priorities right and not letting some of the attractions uh, take over and getting our eyes off the gold, and the goal was to know Jesus. And this morning, I just want to continue a little in helping us uh, to know Jesus. How do we understand him? How do we know God? And to do that, I'm going to have to go back into the Old Testament and just bring some scriptures. I have some notes that Alison has got that when I'm finished, when I'm finished she'll hand them out if you want them, uh, just to help you understand what I'm trying to convey this morning. But it's quite interesting that when Jesus was giving the discourse to these disciples on how to pray, um, he gave some positives and negatives on how to pray. Then he, then he told them, um, pray after this manner. Now that prayer doesn't mean we exactly pray the Lord's Prayer as such as our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. We don't have to pray it exactly as that. It, it, it's given in his outline. But in Matthew 6, 9, where he starts off, he says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. And it's interesting what hallowed means. It means to pay reverence or reverence or glorify. It means to worship. It means to respect, exalt and give honour. Uh, in Psalm 34, 3, we're told to glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt the name together. I want to read an interesting scripture in Psalms 91, 14 and 15. And it's interesting that this chapter, Psalms 91, is probably one of the greatest chapters in the Bible that tells us about the Lord's protection and care and the way that he takes care of us. But then this is what it says. As, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. So it's... it's it appears that it's conditional that we have this protection and care from God when we acknowledge the name of God. It says, he will call upon me, that's us, and God says, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honour him. And so God's talking about the people, and we went back to verse 1 of that psalm. It says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So we have this protection. And so we're told to remain in Christ. In John 15, Jesus tells us to remain in him and to be attached to him like a, a plant is, or a, a part of a plant is, is attached to a vine. 
And then I just want to read some other passages that talks about the name of God. Psalm 72, 17 says, May his name endure forever. Psalms 148, Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. You know, a name uh, reveals who we are. Uh, God called, is called by many different names in the Bible. And each one of those names reveals aspects of his nature and character. Now, I'm not saying that we should all learn the names of God, but it's good to know some of those names. For example, just that, that a name reveals who a person is. My wife's called Alison, and yet uh, Alison has many aspects to her, her character. Uh, she's both a, a wife, and she was a daughter, she's now a mother, she's a grandmother... She's a sister to some people. She's a teacher. And when I say a teacher, she can be a music teacher or a piano teacher. She's a friend. But there's many aspects to a character. And when you call that name Alison, what are you wanting? Uh, if, I'm, if I'm needing Alison to do something around the house, I'm not calling Alison the teacher. We could look at uh, Nick there behind us, and Nick has many aspects to his nature that some of them you may not know. One, first of all, he's a husband. To many here, he's a friend. To a lot of the men, he's our, one of our men's leaders, and we all respect him. But he's also an uh, expert in nursery and understands plants, and what do you call that? Horticologists, sorry. But, so, but if this morning, if I was wanting Nick to uh, do something here in the church, I wouldn't be calling on that aspect of his nature. And if his wife wanted him to do something around the house, she wouldn't be raving on how good you are, Nick, at, at plants and, and doing everything. She'd be telling him what a great... Uh, you know, I love you, can you please do the dishes or something? She wouldn't be making reference to the, to the garden. So what I want to get across is that in a name, it has many aspects. And it's interesting that God in, um, has many names, many names. And I just hope that by the time, I just want to briefly go through some of that to, to, and hope that you get a revelation of who God is. And maybe we can sing that song again. What a beautiful name. What, uh, there's no name that's far greater than that. And it'll help us understand. You know, originally, oh, the first name that is used by God is, is in Genesis 1.1. And he was known as Elohim. Uh, and that's the first name that scripture uses. So in our English version of the Bible, we just refer to him as God. There are several names in the Bible, in the original Hebrew, that starts with El. So from that Elohim, uh, other aspects of, uh, of his name. And one of them that we all may know very well is El Shaddai. And that means, or we interpret that, the Almighty God. And what it means is the miracle-working God. It means the God that can even go against his own creation. His crea the name that he used in creation was Elohim. But now uh, this other name, El Shaddai, which means the almighty God, the miracle-working God, the God can do, that can even do things against, uh, can I say, Mother Nature, against what God created. And it's interesting that 
that some of those names and people quite often put uh, call their children and put a part of God's name in that to show that they belong to God. And that's why you have some names starting with E-L. Moving on, uh, I want to look briefly at the personal covenant names that God revealed. Uh, Well, first of all, the singular name that God revealed to Moses. And this will give us an understanding. In Exodus 3, 13 to 15, when Moses was called to go and rescue the children of Israel, this is what Moses said to God. Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? And this is what God said to Moses. I am that I am. Actually, what he was also saying was Yahweh. And this is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. In other words, Yahweh has sent you. And God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, and Yahweh is the God of your fathers. But we, in our English Bibles, we write the Lord. The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent you. And this is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. What God was saying to Moses, and we... Also, the Latinize that name, Yahweh, and we call it Jehovah. But what God was saying is that I want to be personal. I want to be known. That I am, this is my personal name, and I am declaring this name unto you. I've just written here that God was saying to Moses, I wish to be known as the God who is present and active. That's what Yahweh means. The God who reveals himself. And it's interesting, that's what we were singing this morning. Uh, one of the words in one of the songs that we said was, show me God who you are, or show me who you are. And here we have this God that wants to be made known to us. He gives the name Yahweh, which is Hebrew, and Jehovah we have also interpret that, but that is the Latinization of Yahweh. It's a personal name of God revealing himself in a covenant relationship as a redeemer. And I get so excited about that, that we have a God that, that wants, wants to make himself known. Further on in Exodus 6, just three chapters later, God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. In other words, I am Yahweh. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. I appeared to, God, to them as Elohim, but, to my, but by my name, the Lord. So they also knew him too, implied there as Yahweh. But he said, I did not make myself fully known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them to the land of Canaan, where they resided as foreigners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I am remembering my covenant. Therefore, says Therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm, with a mighty axe of judgment. So basically, what the early patriarchs, they they may have known the the name Yahweh. All the Bible scholars said that. 
but they did not really know and understand what that name meant. There was no full revelation. God had not fully revealed himself to them. They knew God as God Almighty. That is, that he was able to do what he had promised. But God was now revealing himself much more personally. He wanted to redeem his people and he wanted to express that. He was a covenant-keeping God. And he wanted the people to know that, that his covenant was centered on redemption. And I get excited that that's, that's the whole characteristic of God. He wants to bring us into a relationship with him. As time went on, God continued to reveal to himself in a more compound covenant nature or these covenant names, portraying who he is and what the benefits could do and what sort of relationship the people could have in knowing the name of God. This is the God who wanted to reveal himself and bless and keep his promise with us. And so as we continue to go through the history of the Bible, God continued to reveal these covenant names of who he was and, who he, and what he could do. I'm quickly going to look this morning at eight of those beneficial covenant names. I call them beneficial covenant names. And by the way, I've got notes later that if you can get of this, uh, Alison will hand that out to save you taking notes. So just follow me. You know, every name that God gives in the Old Testament is fulfilled in the name of Jesus. And I just trust this morning that you'll have a greater revelation of every time we cry out the name of Jesus, just exactly what it means, what's behind that. It's not essential to learn all these covenant names. I'm not saying you do need to do that. Uh, I'm thankful that 30 odd years ago, somebody uh, encouraged me to learn those names and it just transformed the way I pray. And I pray that some of you will want to learn those names. Some of you will already know most of the names, but I just want to put them in a context. But the interesting thing is that when we cry out that name of Jesus, it covers all these names. Jesus was born according to Matthew 1. It says his name was Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. So he was the... The, the God that they knew of the Old Testament was now coming and he was the God with them. And in Matthew 8, verse 58, Jesus made a, an amazing statement. He said, I tell you the truth, Jesus answered. Before Abraham was born, I am. I am. And so he was taking the name that God revealed to Moses and saying he was that he was that person. So in Christ is encompassed every name that God slowly gave to disclose his personality. So let's quickly have a look at these. The first one that I want to look at is Jehovah said, can you? And I'm just going to be brief with these, really brief. Uh, there's notes there later that you can look at. And this was given in... I'm not putting them in order when they were given from the uh, Genesis to uh, Malachi. I'm just going to go through them in a different order because of what they really mean to us. But God made himself known to the people as Jehovah Sidkenu, which means the Lord is our righteousness. In Jeremiah 23, 5 to 6, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up David, a righteous branch, 
This is prophetic. A king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name which will be called the Lord, our righteous saviour. If we go back to the Hebrew Bible, you'll see that it says, this is Jehovah said, can you? In English, we say, the Lord is our righteousness. And I love this aspect of God calling himself our righteousness. Uh, because our righteousness, and it's interesting as the way Graham prayed this morning, he said some of us may feel that we've gone a little bit astray, we feel unworthy. He, he probably didn't use that word exactly, but he was implying that. And in a sense, we are all unworthy. But because of Jesus, uh, because of God, you know, when we come to him, uh, our righteousness is not our own. It's his righteousness. And we take on his righteousness. And therefore, that makes every one of us worthy. And especially if you have strayed or gone, it's so good to know this aspect of God's name. That you are Jehovah Sikenu. You are our righteousness. You know, my righteousness is but filthy rags, Jesus said. But your righteousness makes me clean. Your righteousness makes me holy. And the second name that I want to bring out, and there's fulfillments there in the New Testament. And I'm not going to give all the scriptures that I've got here. The second name is Jehovah Makadesh. Uh, God's Holy Spirit. This was revealed in Exodus uh, 31, 13. And that Jehovah Makadesh means God sanctifies us. God sanctifies us. I want to back up why God was giving these names. He wanted us to understand him. He's the one that's making the approach to us and wanting us to understand what his nature is and what he does. And all these names are redeeming. And the reason I love Jehovah Makadesh is that it means that he makes us holy. He makes us clean. He breaks the power of sin in our lives. That's what it means. And so each morning when I find when I'm praying, I, I just thank you, God, that you are Jehovah Makadesh. You're the one that sanctifies me. You're the one that makes me holy. You're the one that makes me clean. You're the one that, that breaks the power of sin in my life. And when I want to pray for other people, I use these names. And I thank you, God, that you are the God that... You, you, that um, you are our righteousness and you can be the righteousness okay I'll pick on Graham in Graham's life you can be the one that makes him holy and especially if you're praying for your children if they're not going on with God by understanding this nature of God and knowing that we've got a God that wants to be known to us and wants to know us to know his redeeming power the third name is Jehovah Shalom we all know this the Lord is our peace. Jehovah Shalom. It's interesting, this name was given to Gideon in the face of opposition, the face of uh, conflict, and boy, was he outnumbered. And you could imagine the turmoil in his life. He's been called to take on the Midianites, and, and God says in Judges 6.24, when uh, Gideon made an altar... Uh, Gideon called that altar Jehovah Shalom the Lord is my peace what a 
what a wonderful thing to just to be able to worship God as our peace. We could be in turmoil in so many different ways, so many different things. And when I think of so many people in our church that are having operations and different sickness they're facing, the turmoil that must be in their life. One of the good ways to pray for one another, God, be their peace, be their strength. When I was pastoring, I had a lady in our church who was an elderly spinster and she was going for an operation and I knew her nature was a little bit, uh, she used to get self-worked up about a few, quite a few things. And I just felt on the night before she was being operated on, I just went up and sat with her. And I just sat there and was reading and sleeping. And then after a while, she just opened up and says, Neil, do you ever get scared before an operation? And I said, yes. I said, that's why I'm here. And I, I just, in a sense then, I was to be her peace, but we, we carry the, supposed to carry the power of God. Isaiah 9.6 says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Ephesians 2.14 says, about Jesus, for he himself is our peace. He has made the two groups. One has been destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. And so many times when we're praying, and if we want to go through those names, and I've listed them there, um, as I said, you don't have to learn them. But it's good to know when you cry out to the name of Jesus, just what's encompassed in that, that he can be our peace. The fourth one is Jehovah Shammah. It means the Lord is there. And that scripture is, comes from Ezekiel 48:35, and it's a prophecy of, uh, of God that he would always be present. He would always be with us. And then we have the uh, promise in Matthew 28:20 20, that God would be with us wherever we go. He would never leave us. And so... Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is present, the Lord is there. In the name of Jesus, we can know that he's always present. The fifth one, Jehovah Rophi. And some of you may pronounce this a little different to me, but it means the Lord heals. And it's interesting that God gave this to uh, Moses when they came out of um, Egypt and they'd crossed the Red Sea and then they were without water and they finally found water and they drank that water or tried to and it was bitter and Moses put a branch into that water which represents the, the Lord Jesus and the water became sweet and God said in Exodus 15:26, I am the Lord who heals you I am the Lord who heals you and 1 Peter 2:24. It says in reference to Jesus, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. But, you know, I believe that God heals both physically and spiritually. Bitter experiences can be made sweet when we bring the Lord into the midst of the circumstances. And some of us may be going through bitter experiences right now. Could be any 
aspect, not even with our physical bodies, just a bitter experience as the bitter waters. And we need to worship the Lord. And when we cry out to the name of Jesus, we're also crying out to Jehovah Rophi, the Lord who heals, the Lord who heals. The sixth one, Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide is the English of that. It also has a deeper meaning. It means the Lord knows our needs before we even ask. And that was given to Abraham when he went to sacrifice his son. And God revealed to him that he would provide. He was the God who provides. And there are many scriptures I could bring out in the New Testament that shows that Jesus provides and looks after us. Galatians 3, uh, the promises of, that Christ, uh, all the promises that God gave to Abraham are the same promises applicable to us through faith. So we have a God who, that we can worship, Jehovah Jireh, who provide. And I guarantee there are many here that you need provision. Maybe you need work. Maybe you need extra contracts for your, if you're self-employed or finances are just not meeting their needs. And that's why it's so good. God, you're the one who gave me this name. You're, you're, you've told me that you will be the one that will provide and meet my needs. And I just thank you that I can worship you today as my provider. I thank you that encompassed in the name of the Lord is that you will provide. You know those needs even before I ask. And you just, it helps you when you pray. The seventh one is Jehovah Nissi. And in English, it means the Lord is my banner. This was given to, revealed to Moses in Exodus 17, in the battle that he had with the Amalekites. And when he was holding up his arms, the, they were winning. And his arms got tied and he couldn't hold them up any longer. So Aaron and Ur came along and assisted him. And while ever they were holding his arms up. But the name actually means the Lord is my deliverer. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my victory. He does the fighting for us. I love that song. He does the fighting and with him there's always victory. And whatever the battle is that we're facing, we have a God that we can call Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is our banner. And that banner comes from, that's the flag you fly. That's the victory flag. Some of you will be waving some of your victory flags with all the finals that are going on. But the greatest victory is the banner that we can fly is the Lord himself. He's our banner. He's our victory. And whatever battle you're fighting, you just worship God. And the thing that I want to get across is we don't worship a puppet God. It's not a God just by pulling the right strings and then that he'll reveal himself. He's the one who's given us these names and he's the one who's told us to worship his name. He's the one who's told us to know his name, to acknowledge his name. And when we acknowledge that name in faith, he manifests himself as thus. And I hope you can get a revelation of that because... I go back to the song that we're singing, Lord, you know, show me who you are. And God is showing him, himself who he is through these names. And quite often when I go to use the, um, the Lord's Prayer as a basis for the way I pray, 
I'll be honest, I never get past the Lord's names because as I go through those names, I also pray for people's needs. You know, the next part of the Lord's prayer is, Lord, we, we pray, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. And one of the best ways that we can pray for people is, if for one another is, Lord, in so-and-so's life, I'm going to, okay, I'll pick on Nick. Lord, in Nick's life, Lord, let the kingdom of God come. Uh, let, let your will be done. And if, let's say I know some of the personal needs that Nick is facing. Then I bring in those names. God, be his victory. Be his, be his banner. Okay. Uh, be his provider. And so that way, you're, you're not manipulating your thoughts into that person. You're praying God's will into that person. And it's one of the greatest ways to pray for your people that don't know the Lord. Maybe there's someone in, in the church we're not getting on with. You don't pray against their nature. You pray God's will. You pray God's kingdom into their life. Because God's kingdom, um, Romans 14 tells us, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And you can pray for the leaders of this church every day that way. And that way, you're not manipulating your thoughts. You're praying God's will into their life. I'll just, let's go back to um, Jehovah Nissi. Jeremiah 16, 9. The Lord is my strength, my fortress, fortress, sorry, my refuge in time of trouble. And 1 John 5, 4, it tells us that Jesus gives us victory. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. See, it's when we worship Jesus as our victory, we don't have to fear death. We're all going to face that, but it's eternal life. That's what it brings. The last one is Jehovah Rohi. And once again, you... The majority of you would know this one. It is the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I will lack nothing. Romans 23.1. Jesus himself said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And John 10.27.28. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will be snatched them out of my hand. And just as we worship Jesus, we can think, Lord, in your name is that you are Jehovah Rohi. You are our shepherd. And you can just go through the whole of the 23rd Psalms and just, just worship. You know, God, you look after me. You lead me beside still waters in a rough time. You know, it's interesting that if you go back to the time of Israel... Uh, when the sheep, shepherd took the sheep to uh, rough waters, the sheep couldn't drink. They can't drink out of rough waters. Out of them because of their nose where it's so, sorry, so close to their mouth. The waters have got to be still. And so some of those mountain streams, the only way they could get their sheep to drink was the shepherd would put his arms like that into the water to calm it so the sheep could drink. And... When you think of those passages, then you can 
Thank you, Lord. I can be in turmoil, but you make a place of peace. And somehow you can bring all those names together, especially under Jehovah Rohi, because that encompasses all the names. Lord, you're my righteousness. You're, you're my sanctifier. You're Jehovah Makadesh. And I thank you that you're making me holy. You're breaking the power of sin in my life. And you're my righteousness. You're my holiness. And when the devil wants to tell you you're useless, look at your past. Look, look what you've done. It doesn't matter. It's not my righteousness. It's not my holiness that I stand up here today. It's God. It's God. I stand here in God's righteousness. I stand here in God's holiness. And so you can tell the enemy that. And so stop being put down and allow uh, the names of God to be encompassed in the way you worship and the way you pray. I thank you, God, that in your name there's healing. I thank you that you're present and you're with me today in this difficult situation that I've got to face or this interview or whatever it may be. I thank you. Lord, that you want to be made known. And again in Matthew chapter 8, Jesus himself said, I am, I am. I am Jehovah. I am Yahweh. I'm the God who wants to be made known to people. I want to be the God that, that uh, my people understand me and know me. What a way to worship God. I just want to finish by saying, you know, as we worship the Lord and exalt him, as we confess and express truth, God manifests himself and he manifests his covenant promises. And in saying that, I want to say again, he's not a puppet God that responds to us pulling the right strings. Just because I pray the right words, it's, it's more than that. It, it, it's, he's not a vending machine that I can just... Pray this aspect of God and suddenly he'll meet those needs. It's much deeper than that. He responds to our genuine worship and desire in wanting to know him. He's the one who's given us those names. And he wants to manifest those, the expressions of those names and what the benefits of those names as we worship and praise him. And I wonder if the worshippers can come again. And I wonder if we can sing... That same song again, you know, what a wonderful name, what a powerful name. And just whatever need that's in your life right now, just lift up the name of Jesus and just say, thank you, Lord, that my need, every benefit that I need is, is, is encompassed in those names. Alison will hand out a list later at the door if you want those and may help you in your praying, but... You don't have to, as long as you know the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. Thank you.